0: Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 23rd through 25th verse. Please be seated. We who are gathered in this place today are witnesses to a tragedy and an injustice. We are witnesses of the cruel mistreatment and apparently senseless death of a man who did nothing wrong. When we are faced with these events, it is natural and right to ask the simple question, why? Why did this happen? Why was Jesus of Nazareth crucified like a common criminal? In the gospel lesson we just heard, you can sense Pilate asking the same question, why? Why does this man warrant such a fate? If your only interaction with Jesus of Nazareth is on Good Friday, this question is natural and expected. It should push you to find answers. If we are moved by the injustice that Jesus faced in his arrest, trial, beatings, and crucifixion, we are led to explore the mysteries of faith. Our hearts are shown to be open and soft. On the other hand, if we look on the injustice and shrug it off, like Pilate ultimately does, that indicates a hardness of heart. We are shown to doubt the very existence of truth instead of being seekers of truth. The rest of the New Testament along with all Holy Scripture, tells us the answer to the question of why the crucifixion happened. The author of the letter to the Hebrews tells us that the reason is because God is faithful. This faithfulness is demonstrated throughout the Old Testament. It is shown in Abraham and the patriarchs entering a covenant relationship with God. It is shown in God revealing his personal name to Moses and empowering him to lead Israel out of bondage. It is shown in the deliverance of the kingdom of Judah, first from unjust unjust and wicked kings, and then from the Babylonian captivity. We know that the very first promise made to Adam and Eve after the fall, that the serpent's head shall be crushed even as it bruises the heel of the Son of Man, will be kept because of these later proofs of his faithfulness. Our confession of hope is that God is faithful and keeps his promises. Because of this, we know that his promise to save all of those who confess the name of the Lord Jesus will be kept. It will not be kept because of our merit, which we do not have, but because God is faithful. He promised and so the promise will be kept. The history of the people of Israel gives proof to his faithfulness. The witness of our forebears in the faith to the deeds of Jesus of Nazareth testify as proof to his faithfulness. The Gospel writers tell us that Jesus did not resist those who sought to kill him. He gave himself up to be beaten and mistreated. He was ultimately hung on a tree, something the Hebrew law calls a curse. The Jews were told hundreds of years before that the Savior of the nations would come from among their own number and would be treated like this. We will celebrate the final proof of this promise tomorrow at the Easter Vigil and again on Sunday, the Feast of the Resurrection. During these services, we celebrate the mighty power of God to defeat death. This is the ultimate sign of the faithfulness of God, because it demonstrates both the will and the power of God to fulfill his promises. If Jesus were not raised from the dead, then we could doubt both the power and the will of God. Perhaps God wanted to save us from death but was unable to do so. Maybe he never intended to defeat death to begin with. But thanks be to God, Jesus is raised from the dead, and so we know that the one who promised is faithful. We know that God is faithful. We hold fast to our hope because of this faithfulness. How should we act because of this hope? The author of Hebrews tells us that we should consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Our salvation is not private. It is not for our contemplation alone. We are bound to our fellow Christian brothers and sisters with cords of love. Since I have this hope that I cling to because the one who promised is faithful, I encourage my family of believers, you, my friends, to show love and do good works. I'm about to be ordained as a deacon in this church. This last charge stands out to me because of this coming change. From the ordination rite for a deacon, it is the deacon's office to encourage and equip the household of God to care for the stranger To embrace the poor and helpless and to seek them out so that they may be relieved. It is part of the deacon's calling to stir up the people of God to love and doing good works. This Good Friday is quite different from the last Good Friday. We were at home, separated, not sure about where we would be this Good Friday. There is temptation to look at the positive difference and to sigh with relief and move on without any concern for what happened between now and then. But this ignores a whole lot of love that needs to be shown and leaves a lot of good works on the floor. There are people who have been impacted by the pandemic in many ways. Some were directly affected by disease. Others felt the economic toll of lockdowns. There are new conflicts between neighbors. One-time friends see each other as enemies. Even family members are at odds with one another. There are many suffering from isolation and hurting for any kind of contact. The way I ask you to consider how to stir up to love and good works is to first simply consider your neighbor. Consider those who are literally your neighbors living in the home next door to you Consider your brothers and sisters here at church. Consider your family members who you may or may not have good relations with. Consider the stranger who is in need. See them as image bearers of God first. See them as people with that special dignity, even if they do not always live up to it. We often do not live up to that dignity ourselves. See them as people who are potentially in need of something you can give freely and in love. We live in a society that is heavily connected in ways we never were before. That same society is paradoxically as isolated as any has ever been. The hope that we cling to has the power to bridge gaps and rebuild broken bridges. This hope can span gulfs and fill in pits we are empowered to share this hope with others because the one who promised us is faithful. Amen.